he said it because of his wet blanket energy. <laughs> Unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons. We're just happy that you're here. So come join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. All right, guys, let's creep. But before we do, we have to announce we have a special guest joining us for this whole podcast. We're going to be creeping with a very special guest. We had so much to unpack this week. We're like, we can't just do it alone. We need to bring Mm -hmm. in backup. So, of course, we brought Morgan, host of Morgan's Pop Talks, amazing celebrity news podcast. Morgan, thank you for coming on She's All Batch. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. I'm so pumped. So literally right as we were getting on this call, Ashley and Jared announced that they are pregnant, expecting baby number two on Amazon Live. Because that's where I they make you were all their announcements. They're getting divorced. Oh my god! I know. I was like, no. But that goes to show the way that we have been trained with these Bachelor mm-hmm. Nation couples. You just never know. So I'm glad it was good news. I know we've had such a rocky start to the year that it's about time we got some good news going yep. on. They didn't announce if it was boy or girl, right? They just said pregnant. Yeah. So, so she's we 13 know. weeks pregnant. They did not announce the gender. They're just pregnant and. I wrote my friend a text message during the golden wedding. And I go, I just want to say this to someone. So when it happens, I could say that I called it. But Ashley's pregnant. Not in a any, like she's gained weight way, just in a she's glowing and I can tell way. And she wrote back and said, what? I say I said the exact same thing. And I said, okay, good. We're calling it now. I just wanted Wait, it. How did you know? I could That's just, crazy. She had like a glow to her. I could tell. I think I may have seen her like put her purse in front of her stomach or something. I got the vibe. It was a vibe. Yeah. And you those don't scare it. us wrong. I know. So congrats, guys. Moving over to some more juicy news. Have you guys seen the photos and videos of Caitlin and Zach partying together at Zach's birthday? Yes. Let's, let's unpack. Morgan, I'm so excited you're here because I want to know like your, your thoughts about this whole scandal like from the beginning, too, even with like going back to when Tasha and Caitlin were hosting together and then mm-hmm. Tasha's season. And I, I really need to know all of your thoughts about this. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, really shocking. I don't think anybody ever imagined Caitlin would be with Zach Clark and vice versa. You know, I feel like people were really quick to be like, oh, that's so crappy of Caitlin, considering, you know, she and Tasha hosted the season together. Not only that, I mean, Tasha and Zach broke up on one of the seasons that they did host together, which again, it's like, I just remember them sitting on the couch and Caitlin, like, asking Tasha about it at the mental or after the final rose, and then she gets up. So that is just wild to me. But I think because, look, I don't know how close of friends Caitlin and Tasha are or are not. So it's like, that's not really the sticking point for me. I think What's interesting about this and what maybe I will be honest, I'm not a fan of the two of them together. But what is interesting to me is that when I think back to all of the headlines that came out about why Zach didn't want to be with Tasha or what maybe contributed to their breakup was the spotlight and the influencer life. And he didn't like all of those things. Mm. And now he's dating Caitlin Bristow, which doesn't make any sense to me if those were really the reasons why he and Tasha didn't work out. Yeah, but yeah. the heart wants what it wants. I feel like Caitlyn is just, like, irresistible, to be honest. And I feel like that's why she gets a lot of hate. I think that people—she's obviously dynamic enough that 
people gravitate towards her. Like she has like a captivating personality. What I can't get over is how much history is repeating itself. Like everyone was so shocked when like Caitlyn and Jason went on their first date, they're dancing. And remember there was like videos and it was documented first date. And it's like, oh my God, she just broke up with Sean. Well, we don't know when her and Sean really broke up. So, okay, the dust is still settling on that. And now it's like, Oh, okay, she's out dancing with Zach, but we don't know when she really broke up with Jason. Okay, well, the dust is settled. I'm like, how is she like only going to like bachelor guys? But I do think she must just be so in person, like dynamic and irresistible that like guys literally can't help themselves. I don't know. Something's in the water. Do you think that like Tasha or do you think Caitlyn owed Tasha? Like, I feel like a lot of people are talking about like this whole like girl code. Oh, you sh- Caitlyn shouldn't date Tasha's ex, but. Like you said, I guess we don't really know how close of friends they are or not. Do you think Caitlyn, like, owed that to Tasha or not? Um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it depends on how close they are now. What yeah. I will say is that Tasha just seems... I mean, she's so far removed. I feel like, you know, she's dating Luke Branson, who's like so hot and he's a Bravo celebrity. You know, he was on Summer House. I really like the two of them together. And I feel like the fact that their relationship is so private to me is actually a really good sign between the two of them because I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, they have a strong, solid foundation, hopefully. I mean, we literally don't know anything about Tasha and Luke besides the fact that they're together. I don't know. I don't know. That's really hard. I feel like it would be really easy for me to say, yeah, call her, text her, say something. But if I put myself in Caitlyn's shoes and I haven't talked to this girl since we hosted a season together, would I do that? I can't say with 100% certainty that I would. Um, But also, I just feel like the argument's being made a lot right now. Like, maybe Caitlyn should date outside of Bachelor Nation, which I don't necessarily disagree with because, like you said, Stephanie— I feel like she maybe, okay, she's not an A-lister because I don't think any reality TV star is an A-lister, um, but she's well-known in, like, even the B celebrity plus, world. for sure, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, date, like, a country artist or an athlete or something. It's like, like you said, history is repeating itself, and I don't know, maybe I just want her to branch out. Yeah. I almost think, though, I'm like, I think Caitlyn needs to, like, be single for a hot minute. Like she's just, I like you said, Stephanie, like history is repeating itself. We went from Sean to Jason to Zach. I think Caitlin needs a minute to like breathe and figure out exactly what she wants. And maybe she has done that in the two weeks she's been broken up with Jason to go to Zach. But I don't know. I, I think being a nice single era is healthy. I also think people are assuming a lot about the situation, though, when we don't actually know. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, we don't know that she didn't reach out to Tasha. We don't know if, like, she was like, hey, this is awkward, but, like, I want to just, like, kind of get your blessing. And maybe, like, Tasha and Caitlin still follow each other. I know that doesn't indicate much, but maybe... Tasha's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm over it. I think the weird part, like you're saying, Morgan, that like she was with Zach while they were working together. So the, what I think is like, it was like the COVID season, right? It was Katie's season. So like, they're like in the hotel room together. They were doing all those dancing TikToks and like Caitlin's over like probably FaceTiming Jason, who's at home with the dogs. And then Tasha's probably FaceTiming Zach. And like, I can only imagine like, I don't know. Was there any interest back then? Or is it just a coincidence that this is all kind of coming out now? I don't know. You have to imagine, too, that because Zach and Tasha 
seemingly from at least what we read were on the rocks for a while. So you would have to think that while they were shooting that season together, there might be some information that Caitlin was privy to when it comes to their relationship that we might not have been, you know, like you said, if they're, if she's FaceTiming Jason and Caitlin's FaceTiming Zach or Tasha's FaceTiming Zach and they're going to break up in two months, you know, there might have been some conversations behind the scenes, too, of that dynamic that we don't know about, about what went on behind the scenes between Zach and Tasha to get them to break up. I find it really hard to believe that they would be in that kind of situation, spending so much time together. And it seems like a very bonding experience to me. I mean, they were the only two females to ever do this and together. So they had to have talked about it. They had to have. Yeah. And then she, like you're saying up top that, um, the whole like seventh heaven full house moment when she had her in the hot seat and she's like, Tasha. Yeah, I notice you're not wearing your ring, and it was like that's. Didn't you have like a thing with Caitlyn? Yeah, you, like you covered that <laughs> moment, and then Caitlyn wrote you. Can you like yeah, do yeah. you care to reshare that tea? Yeah, I um, I was talking about it on my Instagram story, and I just felt the whole thing was so awkward. I mean, everybody thought it was awkward. They were like in the middle of a segment, they stop. Caitlin's like looking at one camera, and then she like very awkwardly turns to look at Tasha, and the whole thing was just really uncomfortable to me. And when Tasha she got up and left, remember she literally walked mm-hmm. off the stage, and I'm like, was that fake? Like, uh, yeah, was, which you I, had I mean, to have it's been subject to interpretation, right? For sure. Um, but that was like one of the discussions. Like, did she know about this? Tasha felt uncomfortable. She walked off, but then Caitlin was like. Look, I she wrote me back and I didn't know she was going to see it. I mean, do we ever think that they're going to see it? It's not like I did that in hopes that she would reply to it. But she was like, no, like it was just as awkward for me as you pick up on watching. She's like, I didn't want to do it. It was thrown in last minute. I really didn't know how to go about the situation. And I did the best I could, which I was like, you know, anybody, that would be the best that anybody could do in that type of situation. I'm not blaming her for the awkwardness, but it just was awkward. I wonder why they wanted it so badly though. Like uh, Tasha could have easily just announced the breakup on her Instagram. Like, yeah. What was the point? Versus having Caitlyn, like, be the one to address it with her. Yeah. yeah. Or just even doing it on TV at all. Yeah. Like, just, we were, it's not like we were, I don't know, I guess maybe they, people were questioning it and wanted her to address it on TV. Yeah. But I don't know. What a time. They've been through a lot together and for it all to kind of be unraveling like this. So the new news is that Caitlyn was now spotted out at Zach's New York City birthday party. The person on Reddit writes, uh, I was having a girls night in West Village when one of my friends spotted Caitlyn and Zach at a corner table at the restaurant we were at. They definitely saw us looking and glared a little bit. They were super cozy and cuddly and started sitting on the same side of the booth at one point. Also, they were taking a lot of self-timers, but I think she means selfies. There's speculation as to what <laughs> if this was just a typo. I don't know. Either way, they were playing on their phones together. And then there's another video that has has surfaced of them dancing together. Do you think that everyone at this party knows that they're a couple and they just haven't hard launched it to us yet? Obviously, right? Yeah. I mean, even with the New Year's Eve thing that came out, you know, Caitlin was pretty defensive on her Instagram about it. And what I found interesting is that she never came out and said, we're not an item. We're not a thing. It was everything else, but it was, you don't know the backstory. You don't know what's going on right now. You don't know what happened, you know, two months ago. And it's like, okay, well, you have a podcast, you have an Instagram, you're posting a lot about it right That's now. So just like, tell us if, if you're going to complain about it, then 
solve the situation or don't complain about it, especially when you have the power to. And I mean, she could have even said, like, I'm not ready to get into full details, you know, but we're friends, you know, but but not even that. But the omission of truth is still covering things up. Right. Like like I said, she didn't come out and say, no, nothing's going on between us. So to me, from that Instagram story, I was like, oh, they're definitely talking, hooking totally. up, whatever you want to call it. Well, we originally totally. covered the story, like Katie Maloney saying, like, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. It's not my story to tell. I'm like, so there's a story? Yeah. So there's a <laughs> bus? Like, there's a lot more going on than than what we originally knew. Also, I think Caitlin, with the New Year's Eve thing, could have just ignored it. Like, yeah. Literally, you saw a two-second clip from a party that you you have no clue what happened, and I yeah. but I think all the defensiveness almost made it worse. Mm-hmm. But totally, I mean, well, she could have just said like, if there was really nothing, you guys are losers. Like, we're literally just friends who like had an arm around each other at a New Year's <laughs> Eve party. Like, it's not that deep. Get a life. But she didn't say that. So right, mm-hmm. yeah. I do think it's interesting, though, that they're being so public now, though, because, like, the New Year's Eve party, okay, one, that was at Caitlyn's house. I don't know if they maybe didn't expect that to be leaked or whatever, but, like, to just go out to a random restaurant in New York City, it's like, oh, so we're not hiding this. Got it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I wonder if an announcement or a discussion about what's really going on is coming. I feel like it has to be if you're going to be going out to these dinners all over in such public. Yeah, I... Let it out. Let it out. Let it out. I know you got something good. I feel like I've heard Caitlin talk about before. It might even have been after they weren't like renewed to be hosts about how she sometimes fears where her career path is going. You know, Mm -hmm. it's she doesn't say like, am I losing my 15 minutes? But that's what it feels like she's saying. You know, I don't know how long this bachelor spotlight is going to last. And sometimes, sometimes... I feel like she does things to put herself back in the Bachelor spotlight, whether intentionally or not. She certainly knows by now that we're going to talk about it if she's out in public and she's dancing around. So it's like, on one hand, you know, she's posting all of these stories and you guys are so mean, leave me alone. You guys like don't know the half of it. And then on the other hand, she's going out in public, taking selfies, dancing. So it's like, you can't have both. And have them both be, like, believable. So true. Hmm. Honestly, that opened my eyes a little bit because that is such a good point. Like, if you're so mad about people being so mean, right, then then maybe don't go dance around unless you kind of want people to talk about it. Well, she's interesting. So, in Caitlyn's defense, I'm, I find myself on the defense <laughs> of Caitlyn in this episode, but, like, why shouldn't she be able to just go out and dance no, with the guy that she likes? Like, I don't think succumbing to the internet trolls is the answer either. I do see what you're what you're saying, though. Like, there's a lot of plenty of other men she can go for. Lots of other men that would love to to date her. Going to Zach is an interesting choice, but you're also getting me thinking now because they weren't renewed for the season after they hosted. If they were renewed and if they were the current hosts, there's no way this could have happened. No. I don't. So, th- I mean, I don't think so. But everything happens for a reason, guys. When yep. one door closes, <laughs> yeah, Zach's door opens. What about? Okay, I want to touch on the whole sobriety thing because these are things that I'm seeing in the comments a lot. 
it kind of rubs me the wrong way that people that are like, um, this will never work. Caitlin drinks and Zach doesn't. Like, did Tasha not drink though? And they got engaged. It's not like Tasha's sober. And why? What? Once again, it's the public kind of just assuming that we know the entire situation. What if Zach is like, oh, I hang out with people that drink all the time. I'm totally comfortable in my sobriety. That's not an issue to me. So I have no problem dating a girl that owns a wine brand. Like, I don't get why everyone is so hung up on it, though. Like, they're, like, mad that this is happening. I get it. I get it to an extent because um, my husband is five years sober. I'm Yeah, I'm not sober, but I'm not a big drinker. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how familiar you guys are with, like, Bravo and Summer House. But I felt the same way about Carl and Lindsay. Everyone was like, oh, they're never going to work out. They're never going to work out because Carl is sober. Lindsay is not. But what I noticed about that relationship is that Lindsay started drinking significantly less whenever she started dating Carl. So I think to me why this is a bit different is because Zach's brand and business persona, if that's not the right word, but that's just the word that I'm going to use, is addiction and recovery. Caitlin's brand and persona is Spades and Sparrows, Champagne Tower. They're just two very different Mm -hmm. brand identities. And it's like, is it just business or is that like who they are truly as a person? And if that is, how does that work together? Um, I don't know. Like I said, it works for me and my husband, but I don't own a wine brand. I don't throw New Year's Eve parties where I'm pouring on top of the champagne tower. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to, you know, what they do in their everyday life, which we obviously don't know that. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like every single thing, Morgan, you're like turning it on my head of like introducing a new perspective that I hadn't considered in a good way, because I feel like my gut reaction to this was always like, well, but like, who cares? Like people have more to their personalities than just like, do you drink or do you not drink? Like they can do a million and other one activities together. Um, You do bring up an interesting point about like their businesses and their brand identities built around this, as opposed to just like, like, like I'm just a girl. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll have wine with dinner or I won't. Like, yeah, it does seem a little bit bigger than that. And you're kind of opening my eyes to that, which is interesting. Those sobriety tropes drive me crazy too, because I'm like, I get defensive because, you know, it's, it it happens in Mm -hmm. my life too, where I'm like, um, excuse me, my husband can go out to a bar and be totally fine and like be around people that are drinking constantly. So when people say that, I do understand like, you know, I certainly am defensive over him and I'm sure other people are too. It's more so the fact that not that that's what they're known for, but that's what they make money about. I also think there's a difference between being sober and having a brand where the mission statement is like recovery and and sobriety. I get there's a little bit, there's difference there. So I understand where you're coming from. Um, So do we think a hard launch is coming? What if this is just a fling? Like, what if this literally ends next week and it's just like, oh, it's over. I just feel like it's a lot, a lot to blow up your life for if it's just a fling. If Caitlin really is getting all these mean messages and and is like, guys, stop. You're so mean. This is really upsetting me. That feels like you would maybe take on that kind of negativity for something more than just like a fling. That's why I felt about um, Sandoval and Raquel. I'm like, really? You guys blew up your whole life and now you're like not together anymore. Like, cool. Was it worth it? Like, you yeah. better be in love at this point. Um, maybe they So are. I feel like it's a lot if they're – who? Raquel, Raquel and Sandoval? Oh, no, or, no. Like, Caitlin, Caitlin and Zach. And, I feel like Zach. there's – maybe they're, they are in love and – I feel like they have to be to take on this kind of talk. I don't know, Morgan, what do you think? 
oh, there's like, uh, I don't know. It's it's like on one hand, Caitlin could be thinking the quicker I rip off this Band-Aid, the -hmm. quicker people will get over it and we can move Mm -hmm. on. And, you know, it's initially going to be a day of people being mean and whatever. But in a couple of weeks, we'll be on to something new, right? I mean, we're getting another season of The Bachelor, so we'll be on to new people to talk about. Um, But on the other hand, I think, you know, she did wait a while to announce her breakup, too, until she was ready. So it's like, you just don't know what headspace she's in. I -hmm. think I would be shocked if it was like a official hard launch, but I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of those types of videos pop Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like she doesn't have to, and people just know. Yeah. Which brings us to Jason. We have a story next that um, involves Caitlyn's ex. Uh, He was asked on his own podcast if he would ever consider being the next Bachelor. And I want to play his response because his response is so telling. It's not just yes or no. So let's just listen and then we'll weigh in. I've (laughs) I've seen some people like in my comments say that like on posts and stuff. It's all like super, super kind of everyone that says that. That's that's nice. Um, I think I'm I think I'm probably too old. I think for you know 35 for a bachelor, I feel like is kind of old. I also think that um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't think I'm gonna ever ever have to worry about that predicament because I believe my you know my ex kind of has a hold on that franchise. I think. I don't know. Well, I guess time will tell. I think I don't know if the franchise like has any interest in ever knocking on my door for anything. Um, so, like, if you're sitting there and saying to me like, if they came to your door right now today, would you consider it? And the answer yeah. is, of course, I would consider it. I don't think they're coming to my yeah, door. Cold. First of all, he's not too old. Thirty-five. Yeah, I, I mean, come on, give yourself a little bit more credit. I'm pretty sure Nick and Ari were both older than thirty-five anyway. Oh yeah. I will agree with him that, like, I don't think ABC would have an interest in him either. I thought it was really interesting that he's saying, I think my ex has a hold on that franchise. Like, what does that mean, though? Would Caitlyn not be okay with Jason becoming The Bachelor? And, like, maybe her hold on the franchise, like, her friends at ABC wouldn't allow that to happen because that would be hurtful for her. I remember there was rumors that Sean was supposed to go to Paradise, and then that got nixed, and people wondered if... They didn't want um, to hurt Caitlyn. Yeah, when he says that, that, like, Caitlyn has a hold on the franchise, I don't know if she does. I think if if Caitlyn had her way, she would still be hosting the show. I don't think they have, like, they they come to Caitlyn and she's maintained a good relationship with the show. But I don't think she has, like, some kind of overarching say calling the shots. The reason why I think ABC will never ask Jason to be The Bachelor is just because, like, they actively go against what we want literally all the time. And they just make bad choices. I would prefer Jason than like Joey. Hot take. Sorry, Joey, that is, but like that's super oh, hot. That is a hot take. <laughs> is it hot? hot? I don't even think yeah. it's that hot. I think that's like lukewarm at best. <laughs> Jason I is someone remember- we've been invested in for a very long time, and we know his story, and we've seen him through his ups and downs, and people were invested in his relationship with Caitlyn, and now he's single. Who the fuck is Joey? Sorry, I hate Joey. <laughs> she like really hates Joey. It's sick. <laughs> Poor Joey. It's not personal, but like, come on, game set match. Come on. It's not personal. You're like, I hate Joey, but it's not personal. (laughs) It's not. I hate him as an idea, not a person. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I just feel like ABC probably isn't making business decisions based on Caitlin Bristow's feelings. You know, like if they knew that Jason was going to bring these bombshell ratings and that, you know, 
he would be the one, then I think that they would do it. But um, but he wouldn't, though. He wouldn't bring bombshell ratings is what yeah, I think. I think, like, I his personality, uh, I don't know. It's really hard because I feel like they also really dulled down the leads, especially in the mm-hmm. past couple of seasons. Like, I always think back to Matt James and just how much I love him on social media now. And it's like, that guy was not the guy that we saw on television. Yeah. And and Matt is like so full of life and fun and entertaining. And I feel like Jason just, not that he's not all of those things, but he's more serious and subdued to me than like a Matt James. And they made Matt James look boring. So what are they going to make Jason look like? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's like, fair. Yeah. Like this business bro who talks about finance all the time and whatever. But People like the drama aspect of Caitlyn. So I feel like that would get people talking. You know, that would get people to be like, oh, did you hear Caitlyn? It's her, it's her ex and he's going to spill all this tea and whatever. And if that would last, maybe they would consider it, but I don't think it would last. Yeah. Could you imagine the promos with Caitlyn knocking on the door and then they, I don't know. I you think she would show up for the right price? I think she would. <laughs> you think if Jason's The Bachelor, they're going to have Caitlyn in the promo? Oh. If they were on yeah. enough terms, sure. Right. I can't get out of my head when Jason was campaigning originally for The Bachelor, though. And that was a little bit kind of cringe. Do you remember that? Uh-uh. When it was after Becca's season and it was Blake, Jason, or Colton. And obviously they went with Colton. But I remember Jason just, like, going hard on social media. Like, making it very, very obvious. And the number one unwritten rule of becoming The Bachelor is never make it obvious that you want to be The Bachelor. Yeah. And he... He went against that, and I think ultimately that definitely hurt his chances. Um, I don't know. Put him on Paradise. Yes, yeah. I, would watch, I would watch on Paradise yeah. for sure. Yeah, I feel like he's better suited for Paradise. I would be down for that. So maybe in the summer, if they even air it in the summer. We were talking last week that we don't even know what the hell the schedule is this year. With Golden stuff and how Paradise aired in December, like I don't know what's next. They want to keep us on our toes. <laughs> I know, but we're I think planners. they're going to wait to see if someone comes out of Joey's season to be a strong bachelorette. And if not, then they'll give us Leslie as golden bachelorette. But sadly, I feel like they're putting Leslie as like on the back burner to see if they can save this franchise in another way. Why would they even try? I mean, it's like I know the golden bachelor has been exactly what they needed. Why neglect it? Why? That's why I, I don't know. think they are. I think Leslie's coming regardless. I don't think they see all those ratings, which obviously equals money, and then say, okay, we're going to pivot and go back to our old system yeah. that wasn't working. So I definitely think we're getting golden. I just don't know when. All right. We need to take a second and talk about my tushy because today's episode is sponsored by Tushy. Let's talk about something that's crazy, guys. Stephanie was just telling me that when her son poops in his diaper, she obviously wipes his butt with like a wipey because you need more cleanliness than just like putting dry toilet paper. Like how weird would it be if Stephanie took dry toilet paper to her son's butt when he poops in his diaper? Yet as adults, we literally do that all the time when we use the bathroom. And it quite frankly has never made sense to me. The first time ever I went to Europe and saw that bidets are literally a thing, I was like, this is ridiculous that we are so behind the times in the United States of America and having a bidet is not something that is typical in American homes until now 
we have tushy. And thank the Lord that we finally do, guys. Yeah. Tushy's bidets are easy to set up on any toilet. And in under 10 minutes, I did this myself so I can I can attest. It is 10 minutes. You could set up your at-home bidet that will change your life and your butt forever. I'm not even kidding. This product is life-changing. And we need you guys to check it out yourself. For a limited time, our listeners get 10% off their entire order at HelloTushy, T-U-S-H-Y, and hello, H-E-L-L-O, dot com. And insert code She's All Batch for 10% off. Also, guys, too, the Tushy Bidet stays clean and hygienic with this patented self-cleaning smart spray. So the nozzle self-cleans before and after each use automatically. So you don't need to worry about it getting gross up in there. The buildup resistant design helps to minimize grime buildup. And it even has antimicrobacterial knobs. So the bidet stays clean just like your booty. So get that fresh out of the shower feeling every time you use the bathroom at hellotushy.com. And for a limited time, our listeners can get 10% off your entire order when you use code She's all batch at checkout. So that's 10% off your order at hello, H E L L O, tushy, T U S H Y dot com with promo code She's all batch. It's time to back that ass up with confidence. So you guys have heard us talk about microdosing before and everyone is doing it. So you should do it too. Microdose gummies deliver the perfect entry doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. I am absolutely obsessed with them, guys. I don't really handle full strength gummies very well. I had a horrible experience one time in college and that was enough for me. But microdose gummies gives just the right amount and it has been helping me sleep better. I legitimately take it every single night and Stephanie does as well. Yeah, how much are you taking now? I take sometimes a a full gummy, but then sometimes if I'm really like, no, we're going zonkers all out, a gummy and a half to really get a full, like, I want my body to melt into my bed type sleep. I'm going to take a gummy and a half tonight. I'm feeling in the mood. Yeah, these gummies are really great, guys. They really give you that feeling that you're sleeping with a weighted blanket. You just Mm -hmm. melt into your bed. I know a lot of you guys have expressed interest in this brand, so we highly recommend it. You can go to microdose.com and use promo code She's All Batch, and that's 30% off plus free shipping. And 30% off is massive savings, and the jar does last you a really long time, so it's definitely worth it. Highly recommend. Again, that's microdose.com. Promo code She's All Batch. Enjoy 30% off plus free shipping and like go relax and tell us how much you love it because I know you're gonna. Speaking of golden, this is a perfect segue. So um, Askin seems to be no longer because April seems <gasps> to be kicked out of the famous clique, which was April, Susan, Kathy, and Nancy. The fact that, like, there's still that much drama at that point in your life makes me sad. Yeah. Because, like, I, I would hope that I grow up and, like, that doesn't happen anymore. But yeah. there's some some drama going on in the in the golden clique. Do we know what happened? Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Is like, are people just assuming they're all not friends anymore because they all unfollowed April? So they all unfollowed April. But so April took to her Instagram story a few days ago and... I'll just read what she said. Um, For all the folks from Texas and Pennsylvania that are daunting me about why I'm not going to St. Martin, which is a trip that the other three took and she was supposed to go on, although it is none of your business and there are only three people who knew that I canceled, but karma never sleeps. Here are my reasons for not going on. I have a job I can't keep taking off. Number two, my roof had a major leak and I had to pay $4,500 so I can't afford to go. Number three, my dogs are freaking out. Number four, my son's birthday is this week and doesn't need to see me on a beach at this time in our relationship. Number five, I have to go to New York to see my granddaughter and celebrate her third birthday in three weeks so I will be off then as well. Maybe she can't take time off again. Number six, I'm an adult and I have to make decisions that are best for my first love, not partying, but my kids and keeping my house. 
Only three people knew that I canceled and I offered to pay any fees that might have cost them. So whoever sent you, please respect me and don't follow me for their dark dealings. This is adult bullying and it's low, dense energy. This is a poor example of what adult females should act like. I seriously feel like I'm on The Golden Bachelor Part 2 and I'm the new Teresa being targeted. Shame on you. <gasps> that was a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> I'm very confused by the to the only the people in, in Texas and Pennsylvania that are yeah. I don't get that first line. I don't get that first line. I don't know what she means there, but apparently the four of them planned a trip. She bowed Mm -hmm. out last minute. Yeah. And perhaps they were then complaining about it and it got back to April. So she's like, maybe the people that were complaining to April happen to be from Texas and Pennsylvania. I don't really know why that was relevant. I thought Susan was from Pennsylvania. Am I making that up? I think she's from Philly. So where where are the other two from? Somewhere in Texas. Texas? So it's like their <laughs> friends or family that are bullying her? I don't know. Oh, maybe. I mean, I think here's the thing. What's funny is like after you get off the show and you get some notoriety, people on the show tend to click up and go on trips. Like we've seen Gabby mm-hmm. and Ariel and all those girls going on trips. Like it's like the thing that you do after you get off the show. And April, I mean, it. At this point in their lives, she's like, look, like, I have a house. I have family. Like, I have a job. I can't just, like, go live this influencer life yeah. just because we were on ABC. And the other three seem to have no problem doing that, which is fine. But it just seems like there's, like, some major moral differences here. But I don't get why that means you can't be friends because of it. Yeah, there's got to be more to the story because it just doesn't make sense. And I feel like any time that three people think one way and one person thinks another way, my money is going to go on that one person maybe having a misinterpretation of the situation. You know what I mean? Because it's like, sure, one person can take something the wrong way, like Kathy. But would Kathy, Mm -hmm. Nancy, and Susan, all three take something the wrong way enough to unfollow April if it was something as trivial as I can't commit to a trip? That's life. Everybody can't commit to trips. That's nothing to completely end a friendship over. So I feel like there has to be more to that. Yeah, right? Like, would they really be that petty to just be like, God, April, you had to afford your roof yeah, being fixed, yeah, it doesn't like, make sense. It doesn't anti-friends, all unfollow. Maybe she handled it in a different way that wasn't, yeah, I don't know. Well, it seems like it wasn't just can't commit to the trip. It seems like the trip was booked and she backed out. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. maybe she backed out last minute and then they had to incur the fees even though she said that she offered pay to pay fees. for the fees. Um, and they were just complaining and now this has caused such a bigger issue than it seems that it's worth. But it doesn't end there. The next day, Susan and Kathy, well, Susan obviously posted like 17 times a day on this trip, but Susan and Kathy posted a video. They're in um, St. Martin, I guess, in front of the water, and they're taking a beautiful video together, and they call out April. (gasps) We are Can you even hear it? Yeah, a little bit. That yeah, word. but like, still about the roof. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's a day later after April publicly says this. People are interpreting it to be kind of catty. Mm-hmm. Like after she like kind of rips them all a new asshole on Instagram. It's like, miss you, April. Hope that roof's coming out okay. I felt that part. Like the whole thing, I was like, oh, it's nothing really here. The last line, hope that roof is that coming okay. Just seemed off to me because it's obviously they read the post. Right. Like she's specifying this 
post where they're like saying that they're catty. Karma never sleeps. This is low dense energy. This is a poor example of what adult females should act like. And then they're like, miss you, April. It doesn't seem like they really miss her. I don't know what to think because we saw Kathy act like that towards Teresa, right? So I feel like Mm -hmm. that's not far-fetched. We love Susan. And it's like, Susan can do no wrong in our eyes. So you never want to think that Susan is being petty. I really Mm -hmm. liked April on the show, but I didn't necessarily like her energy on, and I didn't listen to all of the uh, Nick Vile episode, but you know, she was like, she was kind of being like condescending towards Gary a little bit about how like she wasn't into him and all of these things. And it just kind of, April has a certain essence about her and I don't feel like it takes a rocket scientist to figure it out. You know, she is very confident in herself. She knows what she likes. She knows what she doesn't like. So I don't know. I feel like Kathy could be a little bit of an instigator, but I also feel like April could be a bit of an instigator. And maybe it's those two like going head to head and causing chaos with the rest of the group. Because I don't feel like I don't see Nancy as that type of person. And I didn't see Susan as that type of person. But obviously, maybe she is. What did she say in the video, Stephanie, like before the Miss You April? Like what was the lead up to even instigating that combo? Like in this one or the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they're like just like, it. I mean, it was, it was a, in this one, the one yeah, I just yeah. played? Yeah, Um, She says, she says, we are missing the A, the a in Askin, so we're skin this week. And then they go into Miss ah. April, sorry you had to work. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think this is um repairable, though. I, I think they're done. I think Askin is done. Yeah, I, mean, I can see that. I mean, I think for these ladies, like, what they had in common was being on the show. And now yeah. they're not on the show. And can I just say from the get-go, I thought anybody that comes up with an acronym for their little girl group, immediate red flag <laughs> already. Like, I'm not That's doing fair. that when I'm 60-plus years old. I'm sorry. Well, well, we were going to join it, though. We were going to be Jaskin. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Two S's. So, I mean, whatever. That is a really good point, though. I definitely had that in high school. Right. Even yeah. the tagline, too, the you're asking, we're telling. Like, put. <laughs> Could any of this, I have absolutely no clue what the actual behind the scenes of this is, but could any of this be jealousy that Susan and Kathy are the breakout stars? Like Nancy is only really part of it because she's part of Askin and like, but no Mm. one really even knows who Nancy is. Like, I don't follow her Nancy. Could it be that April is such a dynamic personality that she feels that should have been her? And maybe that's kind of come off in conversations behind the scenes. Maybe. I think so. I heard some stuff about like the golden wedding. Remember when they did they pan like the golden wedding? All the live footage was just like a hot mess. But when they panned to like the Askin table, April was kind of off in the corner. And I saw some comments about that. People just wondering like she's someone that should be a star, and maybe she feels like you know like what about me? Yeah. Like I'm great too, and I, she kind of has gotten like pushed to the side a little bit. I don't know. Susan wasn't on Vile Files though. Like I wonder why. Why April was. Yeah. Yeah. And she was the only one that he seemed to get. That's odd. Well, Our April choice. was my favorite on the show. But yes, I, you could be onto something with. Because it does seem see like it. Susan and Kathy are re like they're really milking it. Like they're going to yeah. take this thing oh, as yeah. far as they can go. They, I don't think they have any ten- intention of going back to their normal lives. Like they are becoming full time influencers. Um, so mm-hmm. I could see how that would rub April the wrong way. 
Okay, hello, Stephanie from the future here, adding in a last minute segment called Stephanie's Solo Summary. It is Tuesday morning and I just watched The Bachelor premiere last night and I have so many thoughts that I wanted to share with you guys. So here I am, solo, for Stephanie's Solo Summary. So where's Jackie, you ask? She is taking a much needed break from the two to three hour time suck that is ABC's television schedule, but hopefully we can get her back for next season. Another thing too, with the sound off segment now every single Friday, something kind of had to take a back seat. And unfortunately, those were the like separate standalone recap episodes. But that's why I wanted to hop on and add this into the episode. So at least we're getting some chat about what happened on the most recent episode of the show. We will obviously still be touching on any Bachelor news that involves the season. If there is news about the season, we will be covering it in Creep. If there is a Bachelor encounter about someone from the season, we will be covering in Bachelor encounter. So it's not like we're not covering Joey's season. It's just the standard recaps are just taking a back seat for now. So let's start off with Stephanie's solo summary. I may have to ask Jackie for um, maybe a little musical recording of like an intro song. Like it's Stephanie's solo summary. Kind of sounds a little bit like Clayton's Corner. It seems like that's the only tune I know. Let's get into just my summary, my quick thoughts on the premiere episode. Overall, I liked the premiere. I wouldn't put it in the top tier of all Bachelor premieres. It just didn't stick out to me as something that was like, wow, that was a great start to the season. Something I did like though, the limos, ABC may be learning. Like there was no like real gimmicks, at least ones that stuck out to me. I'm sure there were gimmicks in general, but like there was no like major costumes. The limos didn't take all that long. They had more women than previous seasons. I remember the last season that had an extra amount of women. I remember they made a big deal about that on Juan Pablo season for some reason. Um, so it seems like Joey now has Juan Pablo season beat. I think they said Joey had 32 people. Also, guys, I'm going off of all of this from memory. I'm not looking at notes. So please bear with me and, you know, give me a little grace if I get something wrong. This is literally just from memory. And I watched last night and I took a microdose gummy. That's right. So you know the drill. Use coupon code. She's all batch, but I really did. So yeah, they, they did a really good job getting through the limos in a timely manner. Okay, things I really liked about the episode. I'm really liking the sister drama. I know it's kind of silly. I like that they came in and they're like, we're sisters. Of course we're going to go on The Bachelor and not tell anyone that we're sisters. It was cute. I guess that was something that was different. Obviously, we haven't had, besides, besides like Emily and Haley, from Ben's season, we haven't had sisters on the show. I liked the fact that they kind of got away with not telling anyone for a while, but then they had the back-to-back sit-downs with Joey and they had like similar childhood stories. I think it was pretty impressive that he was able to figure it out. Kudos to Joey. Then when Joey's sitting down with the older sister and she like goes in for a kiss slowly and then the younger sister interrupts, like obviously all of this is being manipulated. Neither of these girls are going to make it to the end, in my opinion. I don't know, I'm unspoiled. But I'm here for this storyline in the meantime. Like, there's a reason why one of them, I think the younger one, got the first rose of the night and the older one got the second rose of the night. That was on purpose. This was all planned. So I am here for this, though. So good job, ABC. Another thing that stood out to me, obviously, was Jess and how she announced to everyone that she had the kiss with Joey. What's funny though, is that like, you're not special Jess because Joey ended up kissing like half of the contestants that night. I actually was thinking while watching it, I go way back on this show. 
And I remember back in the day, if a bachelor kissed one girl, it was like, oh my God, he kissed a girl night one. They just met. She just walked out of the limo and they already kissed. Now it's like, if you don't kiss at least five to six girls, like you're not a good enough bachelor. I don't know what it is, but I mean, go off. I probably would do the exact same thing. It's just crazy to see the comparison of how far we've come in this journey. I think with Jess, it's a little bit frustrating to watch her because she seems to be playing a part. Like she kept saying, I don't want to be that girl. I don't want to be that girl. But like, what girl are you referring to, Jess? Did you read a little like handbook on what you're supposed to do in order to get airtime on this show? Because if so, it's obvious. You're not doing a good job at making it seem natural. Who is doing a good job at making it seem natural is Maria. Maria, Maria, you remind me of a West Side Story. I really like Maria and I know that's like a hot take. I think she's going to be ruffling a lot of feathers this season, but you know me, that's what I'm here for. Does Maria remind anyone else of Vanessa Grimaldi? Like I know she doesn't, they don't look alike. But something about her, every single time she's on screen, I get Vanessa Grimaldi vibes. I don't, maybe it's like the bone structure. I don't know what the fuck it is. When I was watching the episode, my husband actually came in and said that she looked like Jennifer Connelly, which she does. But yeah, I couldn't get Vanessa Grimaldi out of my head, which is a massive compliment. So I don't know what's, maybe I'm not alone. Hopefully I, this is not like a super weird take. I thought it was interesting that when she sat down with Joey though, they're playing like the spooky clown music behind her. And it seemed like Joey didn't like her at first. Like when they're doing the movie thing and she's like, what's your favorite movie? He says, remember the Titans. And she's like, excuse me. And he says to her, you know, we can have differing opinions. When he says that to her, he looks so annoyed. Like he looks like, girl, I just met you, like, I can have a differing opinion than you, like, shut up. But then it goes to his ITM and he's like, Maria is such a firecracker, she's gonna keep me on my toes, like, I really like her. And I'm like, oh, wait, maybe you like her more than I realized? I don't know. I don't see her as the final girl for some reason. Uh, going off of nothing, really. Just, I watched the trailer once and I feel like every time I saw Maria, it was group date settings, but you know, this is, I watched it once, so I could be wrong. Okay, what else? Oh, Leia and the envelope. So I kind of felt like that was a little bit anticlimactic. I thought her reaction to the letter was so wholesome and sweet, and I really tried to put myself in her shoes and wonder like, would I have done the same thing? Mostly because like, how did you even know that not like accepting the card or like throwing the card away was an option? That reeks of producer manipulation to me. I mean, I would never think to destroy the card. Also, does the card have to be intact in order for the um, the prize to still be effective? Like, could she come out come around later Later this season and be like, actually, I changed my mind. I actually want to steal that that one-on-one -on -one date. I don't know. You know, you have to like remember, Leia was the girl that was plucked from at random, quote unquote, from the audience during the after final the final rose special. Do you guys remember when they gave her the mic though? And she talked on the mic for like five minutes. I remember at the time thinking, like, oh my God, like, but then now pair that with the fact that she got the mic for a while during that after the final rose. She was the chosen one for Joey season. She got the envelope, and then because of her how she handled the envelope envelope. She got the first impression rose because of it. I feel like ABC really likes her. And I think that she's going to go far and potentially even be the bachelorette, calling it now. I think that Joey has stronger connections so far with other women, but I think it was a good call to give her the first impression rose because again, like it showed your character. Like you clearly are a good hearted person to do what you did. Speaking of good hearted people, Lexi, 
I feel like she has a heart of gold and she's the type of girl that has like such stunning external beauty, but her internal beauty is just as beautiful. I really, really like her. She reminds me of Britt Nilsson, which you guys know me, that is like the ultimate compliment. And I feel like she's, she is top four for sure. First of all, she's stunning, but I can also tell that Joey really liked her. You, he seemed like he liked a lot of people, actually. I wanna like pull up the cast list as I'm recording this to make sure, to make sure I'm not missing anyone that was stand out to me. Oh, he likes Kelsey A. He likes Jess. I don't know how I feel about that. Like I said, I feel like if you're playing a part, it's less interesting. Like, I feel like Jess's villainous behavior is playing a part. Maria, on the other hand, seems like she, truly to her core, she doesn't give a fuck. And I just think that's more of an interesting watch. Oh, Jen. Oh, she's so cute. I like Jen too. He liked her. I believe they kissed. Chandler! How did Chandler get sent home? I loved Chandler's uh, limo entrance with the Joey and Chandler, I'll be there for you. Truly, when I saw Chandler, as a name on the cast list. I didn't even, I obviously I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like never heard someone named Chandler besides Bing and especially not a girl. Well, I guess besides um, Phoebe's, one of Phoebe's triplets was named Chandler and she was a girl. Chandler's a girl, Chandler's a girl. Okay, yeah, but I was I was sad that Chandler went home. I, I didn't feel a connection between them, but I thought that intro was iconic. Great job, Chandler. Hope we see you in paradise. Oh, he loves Daisy. He loves Autumn, who have like similar haircuts. So that seems to be a vibe. Who I really like is Evelyn. She's drop dead gorgeous. And she was the one at the end that like would not stop crying because she didn't get time with Joey. But luckily she got a rose. Like she should be on the show. A face like that needs to be on TV. But people kept giving her shit for crying so hard. But like, can you imagine? all of the stress that goes into this night one, it's probably like at the end, the, it was morning time. It was like eight in the morning when these girls are recording their exit interviews and Evelyn didn't get to talk to him and people like Jess got to go twice. I would be upset too, especially if I was on no sleep and like half a bottle of wine. So I feel you, Evelyn. I just hope you get the time you deserve with Joey. So yeah, that wraps up my thoughts on night one. Again, I did all of this from memory, just off the top of my head, rambling to a microphone. So please be kind if I misspoke about something. Um, and let me know if you like this, if you want me to continue doing this, because if you don't, then like, I just, won't do it. And definitely let Jackie know that you want her back with me so we can banter. But you know, sh the girl needs the break and let's give her the break that she needs. So yeah, we actually talk later this episode with Morgan about our thoughts on the trailer and how it looks like Joey is left at the altar, which my bullshit meter is just going off so loud. But we'll, we'll talk more about that later this episode. But yeah, I'll see you guys in the next segment, okay? That's it, okay? Bye, bitches. All right. Well, moving on. So Joey's season premiered this week. Very exciting. I want to talk about that season trailer and how it ends with Joey seemingly alone, which they always do. Uh, but Jesse says in the finale that there is an unprecedented first. I just want to talk about what the possibilities can be. Um, what was your first thought hearing that there was a first in the finale? That someone says no. But he, you really think though? I you mean, really think that? No, I don't think. I don't that. think that. I mean, let's just. If it were me, even if I didn't want to be engaged with that pressure and that camera crew and knowing you're about to be on The Bachelor, I would still probably say yes. You're like fine, and then I'll break do it. up with him off camera. Yeah. So it's like, 
I don't think that that's is what's going to happen, but I feel like that's where a lot of our brains went at first. Yeah, I feel like that's strategically what they want us to think. Well, I mean, I don't believe anything Jesse Palmer says ever since the life-changing cruise incident. Like, he has just lost any sort of trustworthiness in my book. I feel like the unprecedented first is going to be like, and before Joey proposed, he ate a carrot or like he (laughs) had a button fall off of his suit or like he wanted to call someone before. Like, I just like, remember when it was um, Peter Weber season and they were like, we have big, big news. Hannah Ann's not coming because she's running three minutes late and then she's coming. <laughs> yeah. I will never get okay. over it. And the Chris Harrison in the trailer and he's like, before you do what you're about to do, there's something you should know. And we waited a whole fucking season and it's Hannah is on her way. She's just running late. Like literally in more or less words, that's what it was. Yeah. Offensive. Yeah. I'm offended. <laughs> what if it's, he had a final three, he narrowed it down to two and then last minute switched two and three. Because that's never happened. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of, like, genuinely, like, what it could be that isn't that big of a deal, but could actually fit under that umbrella yeah. term of unprecedented first. Like, if he... What does unprecedented If mean? he sent someone home, and then they come back, and he agrees to keep them there, and then they yeah. end up being the one. Oh. But, and then they end up being together. Yeah. Because people have come back, yeah. but they don't end up being together. Hmm. That's a good one. I like that theory. Because they also said that, um, with... Leah, Leia getting the, the envelope card during that after the final rose thing. They're like, what happens tonight has never happened before. And it's just that she got a card. So I feel like it doesn't have to be something that big. But the fact that it's in the yeah, finale yeah. leads me to believe it maybe is something a little cooler. Yeah. I know this is going to be the topic on everyone's mind after mm-hmm. seeing the trailer. They have to up the ante, right? Like they got to do whatever they can. I blame Colton. Like, Joey, I was just going to Joey, can you go jump that fence it, over there? We it really has need all something. gone downhill since Colton jumped that fence. I mean, it's like every year they tried to one-up it, one-up it, one-up it, and here we are. We'll never here feel a high like that again. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is crazy because that was something all season we were waiting for that yeah. moment. And when it finally happened, it actually delivered. Yeah. I think they keep trying to make it happen, but it doesn't deliver anymore. I'm interested. You got me, Jesse, even though I I don't have much trust in you either. We'll be disappointed, but you have us. I told you guys that I was doing keto, the keto diet, and Factor has been helping me stick to this diet so much better. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning, and it sets me up for success in my goals because obviously I want to stick to this diet and having ready to eat keto meals for me helps me do just that. With over 35 meals to choose from per week, Factor also has um, great meals for no matter what you eat, keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and so much more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have tons of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions this year. Yeah, and guys, they don't just have full-on meals. They also have a lot of snack options like breakfasts, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what your schedule is. I have been loving their smoothies. I have been trying to kickstart like a better workout routine in the morning. So I like to go work out and then have one of the factor protein smoothies like as my breakfast on the go as I'm going into the office. And it really like fills me up and feels like I'm eating something healthy as opposed to like, I don't know, eating a handful of pretzels after a workout, which is like obviously not going to have the same effect. So go check them out, guys. Head to factormeals.com slash she's all batch 50 and use code she's all batch 50 to get 50% off. 50% off. That is so much saving. 
Like what? Yeah, that's crazy. So the code is she's all batch 50 at factormeals.com slash she's all batch 50 to get 50% off. Guys, that's a lot. We're going to kick off Bachelor Encounters, and we have, we've never had, like, a guest join for us for Bachelor Encounters, yeah. so this is exciting. Bachelor Encounters is when you submit your stories of meeting Bachelor Nation in the wild. We read about those stories on air, and it's a good time. We have so many. I'll see how much we can get to today. You guys really delivered. I was like, I need encounters, and then I got, like, 10 cent. Okay. This person had a virtual <laughs> Bachelor Encounter with Caitlin Bristow. I wrote in my worst first date story to Off the Vine, and her producer, Alicia, emailed me back and told me that they were recording the next day and wanted me to share my story. Obviously, I was not at all expecting that. I was super excited. I shared the second date on her Vino's Worst Date Confessions episode that came out on January 12th. It's a good one. The encounter was over over Zoom and video. I was so nervous but had a feeling that once I started talking to her that she would be one of those people— that it would feel like you've known her forever, and that was totally the case. Immediately, she was so sweet and told me I was adorable and basically told me that she loved my vibe, and of course, I complimented her new haircut and then got right into my story. She was hilarious, and most of it does come out on the podcast, but she was so personable. It was an awesome experience. I got to talk to her for about 15 minutes. The podcast was literally out the very next day. Her producer was super sweet, kind, and responsive. I regret not asking her if we can take a screenshot photo over Zoom. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention is that the producer had told me Caitlin didn't know any of the stories either, so it was her first time hearing them, which I loved because you could tell her reaction was super genuine. I had a guy jacking off in my car with a boot sock fetish. Ew. What? Wait, what? <gasps> Wait, you just casually Ew. added that at the end? Is that what your story was about? Yeah, I think so. It must be. Did anyone listen to Caitlin's episode? What a turn this encounter took. <laughs> yeah. No, but Stephanie, my every single thing that you just said in reading that encounter is like, okay, this is why Zach likes her. This is why Zach like, likes her. This is why Jason mm-hmm. liked her. This is why Sean liked her. It's like you were saying earlier. She just has that infectious personality that people can't stay away from. Also, um, tip for this submitter, you can always just screenshot the Zoom if you recorded it. But if you didn't record it, then you, you can't. Like, she could have gone back to her Zoom after the fact and did a screenshot right. since you didn't take your selfie. Oh, Just yeah, yeah, yeah. On the off chance you have that file, go screenshot it and share it. <laughs> what a crazy story at the end. Wait, can you repeat the last sentence of what that was exactly? <laughs> sure I can. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I had a guy jacking off in my car with a boot sock fetish. I, girl, but why can you call in into our car? Like, and- were you dating? Like, was she dating him? And this is just like a bad date horror story gone wrong? She participated in Vino's worst date confession. So it definitely, oh, I'm oh, assuming okay. this wasn't her boyfriend. I'm assuming this was just a bad date. But he was, was he literally jerking off in your car on your date? I need to it know more. Like should we, it. should should we have her call in and share the story on our podcast? Because I didn't hear it on Caitlin's, and I'm intrigued. Yes. Yeah, we'll have, seriously. We'll come back to that. Um, submitter, if you want to reach out, let's set something up. Because I, I, what the hell happened there? I need to know. Okay. Next one. I have an old but sweet Bachelor encounter. I'm listening to your Courtney Robertson episode right now, and it made me realize I need to share when I ran into her Bachelor, Ben Flanick. It was nine years ago now, which I know because I was pregnant with my daughter at the time. I was out to lunch at an Indian restaurant in downtown Novato, California, which is kind of near Sonoma, where he's from. He was eating lunch with an older woman who I assumed was his mom. I was two tables over and snooping like crazy, but didn't get anything juicy. Just a really sweet lunch with his mom. I hated to interrupt, but I'm a massive Bachelor fan. 
I knew I'd regret it if I didn't, so I embarrassingly interrupted their lunch on my way out of the restaurant, but he was so kind about it and took a picture with me and everything. Nothing but positive impressions from that little interaction. So cute. Also, this submitter um, launched a podcast where they follow Real Housewives, the series, as a sport. It's called From the Bleachers, a Real Housewives game Ooh. analysis. Cool. I love that. that. I was right up my that. alley. Yeah. Love a fellow yeah. um, podcaster. I mean, I'm not surprised about this. Ben Flanick was so fucking nice to us when we had him on. So he's eating lunch with an older woman, and she thinks it's his mom. I was about to say, are we sure it's not Kris Jenner or another (laughs) older woman? Because he clearly has a type. Mm, Maybe. Or maybe his mom. (laughs) Or Kris Jenner. Or Kris Jenner. (laughs) A lot of possibilities. I don't think Kris Jenner just goes to random restaurants, though, by herself with no security, though, so. True. Next one. Hey, I've been listening since the beginning, but have never submitted my bachelor encounter. Well, it's kind of an encounter. I didn't meet anyone in the wild, but I did meet Ben Higgins, Ashley I, and Mike Johnson in 2020. It was That's during the wild. <laughs> yeah, what? It was during COVID when the show was doing the GOAT episodes. Almost Famous Podcast had a live podcast the evening of Ben's GOAT episode was airing. It was super cheap to attend. I want to say maybe 10 bucks. So I was ready to jump online to watch the pod. And my boyfriend, now husband, surprised me and told me he had purchased tickets for the online meet and greet beforehand. So I better get ready for it. Okay, so wait, they did like a live episode, but then you had to pay for a digital meet and greet. That's what it seems to be happening here. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Okay. I'd spent all day in the pool and was in no way ready to be seen by anyone, let alone Ben and Ashley and Mike, capital letters. But alas, I put on a black tee and put my hair up and hopped online. I almost missed my meet and greet because I had to keep going back and forth from my phone to my computer trying to get it to work. Someone from their production team actually called me and we got it sorted out just in time. Phew. All three of them were super nice. To be honest, don't remember much about the convo because I was fangirling too much, but I do remember them making a big deal about me being from Canada, and Mike said he was thinking about doing some Canadian dates on his book tour, which I don't think he ever did. At the end, we got to take a picture together, and a few weeks later, I received a package in the mail from Almost Famous that included a hat and tote bag. I'd say it was a pretty good time. That's cute. Yeah, that is nice. That's cool that they sent you merch, like, unsolicited after the fact. That's really nice. That's where the $10 went towards. $10? (laughs) That's, like, really cheap. Yeah, it is cheap. What a deal. All right, next one is about Susie and Justin. (gasps) Hi, Stephanie and Jackie. I've always wondered if I would ever run into anyone from The Bachelor, Bachelorette, and last December I did. I'm happy to finally submit an encounter. I was at a private after-hours holiday party for Coast 105.3 at CA Adventure. I was at the Chip and Dale's meet and greet, and I ran into Susie and Justin. They were filming their legendary TikToks. I was so nervous to say hi, and when I finally got the courage to do so, they immediately were so nice and friendly. They took a video selfie with me, and Susie even let me borrow her phone light for better lighting. This person actually submitted me in the video, and I thought it was super cute. Um, Keep up with the great work. I always love listening to you girls on my commute. I said, did they seem like a couple? And she said, to be honest, they didn't do anything that stood out to me that they were a couple, at least from what I saw in those few minutes. What's your take on Susie and Justin? I think they're definitely together. I don't know if it's like official, but the way that they talk about each other, the way that they're always together. I mean, you guys, did you guys see the uh, one that Justin posted about I'll break up with you over the last bite? I feel like that was almost a creep story. Yeah. 
but I wanted to save it for this conversation. Okay, well, I was like, okay, well, that's very telling. But also all their interviews, they're like, yeah, we've talked about it. We care a lot about each other, but we're afraid to mess it up. I feel like anytime you are there in that spot with a friend, you never just don't try. You know, it takes some time, but eventually you have to try. Otherwise, you're just going to be staring at each other for the rest of your life wondering, is this person my soulmate or is this person just going to be my friends? Like, I feel like the light switch will never go off for them. So they either have to try or they're going to live their life wondering what if. Right. And now they're in, if they're not dating, they're in this weird limbo where like, it doesn't really seem like they can fully be invested in trying to meet someone else. Or like there was something we talked about, I think it was last week or the week before Clayton had kind of cryptically mentioned, oh, maybe Susie's dating someone. And it's like, okay, well, if she is dating anyone other than Justin, that's really weird then for the guy who's like Susie's boyfriend in the corner and she's always with her guy best friend making jokes about how they're like kind of dating. So you're in a position where it's like, okay, if we're going to be this close, then like we can't really date other people. So if we're not going to try, then like what are we going to do? Just like – casually be friends for the rest of our lives it's like at that point that's getting married like that's (laughs) what being married is you'll be friends for the rest of your lives so and the tiktok that we referenced it's just a tiktok of them and they're fighting over the last bite of food and then the caption justin writes i'm gonna break up with you over that last bite like the thing is they know what they're doing at this point it's clearly working but i just wonder how much longer do we continue this i have thoughts that like their blueprints are being studied by other people in Bachelor Nation and other people have tried to replicate it. I'm blanking on the guy's name, but who's the guy that, not John Henry, but who's the hot guy that Kat dated in Paradise that everyone liked? Tanner? Tanner, yeah. Yeah, Tanner. I feel like Tanner and Olivia tried to do that for a hot second. Remember when people Mm -hmm. were like, what's going on with Olivia and Tanner? They shared a photo of themselves hugging and then out to dinner, but that seemed to be it. And I feel like, Either, you know, they were just friends or they were trying to see if that would kind of pick up and it didn't because they didn't Mm -hmm. continue it. I think you got to commit to the craft. Yeah. Yeah. And it may it may develop over time. Like Susie and Justin are committed. Like they Mm -hmm. literally only hang out with each other and they document everything. And they're getting like brand deals together. So it's like at this point, it's part of their business model. It's a lot of commitment for just a friendship, you know. Mm -hmm. All right. We're feeling spicy. We're going to do one more. You know what? Woo. I, co- I co-hosted an event in Vancouver for Modern Day Wife, and Caitlin Bristow and McKenna from Peter Season were both speaking. Caitlin was excited she was off contract and could share some eye-opening tea about her season. For instance, after she was yelled at for telling one of the men that she loved him, she started just doing whatever producers asked just to go to bed early or be done filming. She was so stressed, she had bald patches on the back of her head. She didn't get a period for almost six months but admitted she had no regrets being the lead, but said that it was quote-unquote hell. McKenna got emotional talking about her time on the show, admitting it destroyed her self-esteem and mental health. She was very happy discussing her new relationship and her very handsome boyfriend and was there supporting her. So sweet. After they spoke, I made my way to the stage and fought the crowd to get a quick pick and say hi. They were both so gorgeous and gracious in person. I was even able to give Caitlin my gift, a small heart-shaped rose quartz, and she was giddy when I told her what it was. The trip to Canada was well worth this special bachelor encounter. I'm confused. About what part? 
about the whole story. Caitlin was speaking on some panel and she was sharing bachelor tea. So the guy that she told that she loved was obviously Sean Booth. Mm -hmm. And I think she's saying she got in trouble by producers. So after she got in trouble and kind of got like scolded, she just kind of was like, fuck it, whatever you want me to do, I'll just do. Because then they allowed her to go to bed if they, like we always say, if you're malleable, Mm -hmm. am I saying that right? Malleable? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And do what producers say, you get more perks. Yeah. So, like, she wanted to go to bed, so she would just do whatever they said. Honestly, I would do the same. I think that's a great strategy. (laughs) Yeah. I would do the same. Sleep is of the utmost importance. Yes. Also, McKenna, like, our interview with McKenna got so much attention because she was so emotional. I hate that, like, she went through such a dark time after the show, but really happy to hear that she's, like, in a happy, healthy relationship now. Yeah, she seems to be doing a lot better from when we last talked to her, so... I'm it is sad her. too because I feel like all of these contestants go on the show and think that this is going to be the greatest experience of their life. And I feel like the longer the show goes mm-hmm. on, the more and more contestants come out afterwards and say it was actually the opposite. So it's like, I mean, what are the powers that be doing behind the scenes to make sure that people don't have that type of experience. I mean, we don't know. Are they doing anything? Do they care? Probably not. But it's sad because you would think if you're going on the biggest dating show in the country that it would be a positive experience and it's oftentimes not no totally and i feel like they they think the powers that be whoever think it's in their best interest to like exploit these people and make a bad experience for the sake of the show for the sake of ratings for the sake of drama but i feel like what we're seeing now these days is it's backfiring on them because like then it when it comes to things like paradise the only people that want to do the show is like usually people who went home early on on their Mm -hmm. season. They didn't really fully get the full experience. And so they're trying to come back versus like people who had been on the show the first time around for quite a while that have established storylines that we're invested in. They don't want to go on again. People who were the leads like don't necessarily want to go on again. And then we're having these like spinoff shows that are supposed to be like people's favorites and like the best of the best and all your favorite people are back on the beach. It's all of these like the amount of times we were watching Paradise. I'm like, who is that? Who is that? Who is that? Because it's those are the only people who are willing to like put their hands in those people's fate again because they feel they were not on it long enough to be traumatized, but they still feel like they need another shot at it to like make some sort of career. Whereas like if you had a good experience, you're not willing to go on because the, we always say this, the only way to go is down. Or if you had a horrible experience, they're like, well, fuck you guys. I don't trust you. Like, I don't trust this redemption edit that you think you're going to give me. And so now I feel like they need to start treating people better to keep people wanting to come on the shows. It's tough out there. No, it's crazy. All right. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, um, for joining us. Can you please like tell our listeners how they can keep up with you? Because you put out such amazing content and I want them to give you a listen and a look on social media. Thank you. Yeah. TikTok and Instagram, Morgan P. Talks. That's T-A-L-K-S. Um, all things reality TV and pop culture. So Bachelor, Real Housewives, Vanderpump Rules, The Traders, anything. And then my podcast comes out every Thursday. It's Morgan's Pop Talks. And you can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Morgan, for joining us. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please give us five stars. Leave us a nice review. Just be nice. Um, You can follow me at She's All Batch. You can follow Jackie at Jackie Maroney underscore. Yep. And if you want more content or you want our episodes a day early, you can check out our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash she's all batch. If you want to join our community of people who love the show, look for our Facebook group. And I think that's it. Is it? Are you sure? Is that it? I think that's it. Goodbye, bitches. Bye.